It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. So I know I, I'm with you on this. I was saying past couple of days, I can't wait for the whole election thing to be over with. Then we have to go through like a week's worth of analysis, and then finally we can get our lives back, our television back, our radio back, et cetera, et cetera. But no, they're still counting votes out there, and so it continues. And for some states like Georgia, where they have a runoff election going and so on, all right, then they got to keep it up for a while longer. Just when you thought it was finally over with, they just want to keep going. All right, fine. We have a little bit of that news, some of the results, some of the things we found out that happened because of the election, and a few other things to talk about this morning. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Just looking at the temperature real quick, where I am anyway. 13 degrees. Hmm, okay. On the cold side this morning. Yeah, and it's going to stay that way for a little while. You heard that in your forecast. I'll have day weather on 745 Live to talk about that. All right, let's get back to something good that happened in... The elections over on Tuesday into Wednesday here, because I know you're here, of course, negative, negative news. That's what the press does. Negative, nonstop negative news. But there are some good things that came out of this. So across America, parents' rights group were running against school boards. Now, where before I get into the story here, this is something that I've been complaining about for a very long time. And by a very long time, I don't mean like this year. I mean, like decades that we have school board meetings, uh, school boards, you should call it PTA meetings, Parents Teachers Association. This has been going on for a long time where fewer and fewer people showed up to the point that your school board would have meetings and nobody would show up. Uh, Maybe there'd be a couple of people out there in the audience, but not many. And then finally, over time, Parents started to find out what was actually going on in public schools, and that's what I have been screaming about for quite a while. Please show up. Go to these meetings. You got kids in school. Get involved. And so parents have been, especially when they started to really find out what was going on in schools across America. So in this past election, to name past couple, but this past one especially, parents have just had enough, and they started to show up to run for school board and rotate out school board members with people who hopefully are more reasonable. So, okay, 
Here's the story I have in front of me. Two grassroots organizations that prioritize parental rights in education. So many of their endorsed candidates win school board elections. Quote, last night was a disappointing night for Republicans in many parts of the country, but we're happy to say that we were successful in key races in Florida, Oklahoma, Ohio, Maryland, which were by far the biggest places we targeted. This is the head of the coalition and candidate recruitment for the 1776 project. The organization also, you might remember this one, Moms for Liberty. They hope to see their candidates focus on academic achievements, transparency in the classroom. The Moms for Liberty group, I've had the lady who heads that group up in here in Wyoming on the program several times. And they not only were active in school board meetings, but in trying to run people for school boards. So I'm interested to see what the Wyoming numbers are on that. But all right, the story says grassroots organizations are focusing on parental rights in education, celebrating key victories. Moms for Liberty, a coalition of parents working towards transparency in education and the 1776 Project, uh, political groups that help uh, school boards push against critical race theory and many other problems that you've heard here in Wyoming, including some books that have very objectionable material in it. So, okay, results of the school board election from November 8th are still being reported by the these two groups here, but they are happy that they flipped school boards to a conservative majority in places around the country. And again, they're talking several important states that they name, which are, you know, again, uh, let me see if I can go through these again. Florida, Oklahoma, Ohio, Maryland, to name a few. Again, I don't have the Wyoming numbers yet, but I know they were very active here. Results of school board elections still coming in. Five Florida school board candidates endorsed by these projects won election uh, across Florida on Tuesday. Across 15 states, Mom for Liberty pushed 270 school board candidates for election November 8th, according to their website. Of the seats open across the Florida, again, for example, Moms for Liberty candidates won 47 of the 67 seats available. We're thrilled, said Tiffany Justice, Moms for Liberty co-founder. We were able to endorse 500 parental right candidates so far this year, 270 on the ballot yesterday, for us starting an organization less than just a couple of years ago, and they pushed across the country. So far, Moms for Liberty was able to notch victories and also in Indiana, South Carolina, North Carolina. Their candidates, and they talk about, oh, Indiana, too. They've won just a bunch of races across the country. So good to see this. What I like is that finally parents have gotten active. They got organized. They got active. They didn't just show up at school board meetings, but they publicized what was happening at those meetings and then started pushing candidates for change. And I think in my mind, one of the most important things that they did was just record what was happening on those meetings and and then put them up on YouTube and other such social media so parents across the country could see. Rather than just accusing school boards of bad behavior, let's see it. Thank you, modern technology. 
Ahead of Election Day, they told, well, they said Moms for Liberty encouraged voters to vote like a mother (laughs) and consider which candidate would give them the most say and control in their child's education. So, quote, there's no truer love than that of a mother for their child. When we say vote like a mother, it means unabashedly for parental rights. Don't allow the hate or noise to take you away from what you know to be true and good. Conservatives also made key pickups in two state board of elections. Texas State Board of Election will hold Republican majority 10 to 5 after 15 seats were up for grabs. Conservative won open seats in Kansas State Board of Education, making the majority of the board. Now they have the majority. They also said that the key education pickups Tuesday are just the start of a fight that they intend to keep pushing for, well, a good long time. There's a lot of work to do around the country, and they're just getting started. And I do remember, again, we, the head of Moms for Liberty here in Wyoming has been on this program several times talking about what she's been doing at school boards in Natrona County, Laramie County, name a couple, uh, but some other school boards across Wyoming, because some of the same problems that they've seen in other states have been leaking into Wyoming, and they want to put a stop to it. So there. Well, good news to start your day. Coming up on 616, cold out there this morning. Let's wake up, Wyoming. I love the Army. Out to boring morning radio. This is Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 622 is the time of Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. According to Greg in Cheyenne. Morning, Greg. Just in case you haven't been told, today is the birthday of the U.S. Marine Corps. I wasn't a Marine, but it's all over my feed, he said. All right. So Semper Fi to those guys. All right. So triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So I didn't watch it. I couldn't. There's no way I could bear it. President Biden wanted to give some kind of an address after the elections. And in his mind, of course, his warped mind, well, the American people were very clear that he's on the right track and he should just keep doing what he's doing. And he has ideas. But now, of course, he has to say, well, I intend to work with the Republicans. They'll probably have control of the House. And the Republicans need to work with me. Okay, fine. Uh, But you see, the problem there always has been whenever I hear, well, you need to work with, we need to work together, means to the Republicans, the Democrats are saying to the Republicans, uh, don't make any waves, shut up and do what you're told, and don't try to overturn everything we've gotten done. That's what it means to cooperate, not you have to compromise Democrats. Compromise to the Democrats means the other guy has to compromise, but the Republicans don't. And worse yet, the Republicans tend to, well, they, my lifetime, that's exactly what the Republicans have done. Give all sorts of, you know, they keep backing up, but they never push the Democrats and really take from them like they should take back the territory the Democrats have taken. So, all right, poor Biden. We'll see what happens. It's a couple of years out. My opinion is Biden cannot run for a second term. Cognitively, he will not be able to, right? But here's a headline for you about progressive groups. Biden faces 2024 opposition. Far left group says, Joe, don't run. 
A progressive group linked to Senator Bernie Sanders officially launched a campaign day after midterm elections. Quote, it's clear that Joe Biden shouldn't be the party's presidential nominee in 2024, grassroots organization called Roots Action said in a press release Wednesday announcing a Don't Run Joe campaign. Now, I wonder, okay, have you seen, have any of you out there seen a Build Back Better hat? A Build Back Better t-shirt? Bumper sticker? Anybody? No. But you've seen all sorts of Trump bumper stickers and hats and stuff like that, right? Okay. But what if somebody put a bunch of hats out there, don't run Joe? That That's their campaign. Yeah, he, they don't want him. Don't run Joe. Let me see if I if I can find that. Uh, now I know if I put this in there, there's some websites that will automatically just produce it for me. Uh, don't run Joe hat. Well, sort of. Yeah, there's kind of those things. They let me see. Uh, make America. <laughs> Biden Harris make American poor again. Yeah, okay. Uh, nobody mess with Sloppy Joe. Okay, that's good. No, I don't yet see a Don't Run Joe hat. Lots of Let's Go Brandon hats, but no Don't Run Joe hats. But I think they should probably try to sell some swag with that, see what happens. Campaign's intent, the story says, is to point to Biden's unfavorability, his risk of running as a presidential candidate, lowest approval ratings in the history of... Any presidential candidate. I don't think Joe... Joe has always lived in a delusional state, even before he had dementia. So I don't think he sees it. I don't think he gets it. How really unfavorable he is. Even Democrats don't like him and want him gone. Honestly, they voted for Joe because Joe wasn't Trump. Same reason a lot of Democrats voted for Hillary... Very, There are Democrats who love Hillary, but very few do. Most Democrats voted for Hillary last time she ran because, well, Hillary wasn't Trump. So that's why they voted for Hillary. It's not that they were enthusiastic. Same thing with Joe. Just anybody but Trump is what the Democrats thought. So that's what they went for. All right. The campaign added, a president is not the party's king. He has no automatic right Joe Biden should not seek. If he does, he should have a fight on his hands. Quote, we cannot risk losing in 2024. We shouldn't gamble on Joe Biden's low approval ratings. Well, but they keep not, they're not including this in there. It's just not his low approval ratings. Cognitively, the man should not be president. Obviously. Do you, do you really think, and I would like to ask this of Democrats, If we were to go to the White House today, a fly in the wall in the Oval Office, and just watch what goes on, do you really think he's the guy in charge making decisions? I don't think so. The organization said its nationwide organizing and its drive was launched in the wake of this past election, and it would dedicate its initial focus on the state of New Hampshire, the state that holds the first primary election. Roots Action told Fox News Digital in July their intention was to launch the campaign to stop Biden, and they were expecting many allied groups and notable individuals to stop the Joe Biden don't run again 
non-reelection bid. Quote, we object to Biden running in 2024 because of his job performance as president. And remember, this is Democrats talking, not Republicans. They also said Biden's uh, potential run in 2024 directly loomed over Tuesday's election as well. And this is where, did you notice Biden really didn't go out and campaign anywhere until the last minute? And even then, he only showed up in places where the candidate was already going to win. They didn't really send him anywhere that needed, well, a kick, a boost. Any place like that, he was asked just not to show up. Or they just told him, they didn't tell him anything. He just wasn't scheduled there. But if the campaign was a shoo-in, like, you know, a New York campaign, for example, where the person's obviously going to win, they sent him to that. So they didn't even trust his endorsement in this last political campaign. All right, coming up on 630, local news heading your way. Update on the weather forecast, which is cold for us this morning. And those cold temperatures are going to stick with us for a while. You'll hear that in your forecast. 745 will have day weather on to explain the whole outlook for you. It's not bad weather. It's just, well, it's that time of year. Temperatures finally got down to cold, and here we are. 630, wake up my own. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. One more thing on Joe Biden, and we get on to other stories as the morning goes on here, but. And the speech that I didn't watch yesterday, I will not watch those things, and I'll let other people sort of pick it apart, and that way I can just take a look at the key points that I want to go after. But I just can't, unlike many of you, sit through the whole thing. He actually said, you're president. I know some of you are not my president. Are you an American? Yeah, he's your president. Well, you don't have to be happy about it, but all right. So Joe Biden pledged to build a high-speed railway between Scranton and Pennsylvania and New York City. How's that one in California working out? Right. Okay. And if there was a market for that, it would have already happened. The idea government needs to get in there and build a high-speed railway. No, it doesn't. If there was a market for it, it'd be going on like right now. There's a reason why the only reason Amtrak exists is because it's heavily subsidized. All right, story says President made his bold and likely real unrealistic pronouncement during the post-midterm election press conference Wednesday, Wednesday, recalling how a congressman in the state of Pennsylvania asked if his infrastructure plan would include high-speed rail between the cities. We can, first of all, it will make it a lot easier for a lot of vehicles to just get them off the road. And we have the money in the pot right now. Well, wait, we do? This is where the president says, oh, we have the money to do this. Where exactly? When you take a look at our national debt and so on. He seems to think we have all of this money that we don't have. This is the same guy who told you that inflation was zero, and that he actually cut the deficit. 
by about a trillion dollars, which isn't true either. So really, where does he think this money is coming from? Story says exactly how the president will accomplish this task, building a high-speed railway between Scranton and New York. He did not specify, as he noted by Railway News, the state of Pennsylvania was allotted $3.7 million to build an Amtrak rail service. Although freight trains and passenger excursions already operate in that area, the railway, well, it moves at around, what, 80 miles an hour in one section? That's about the top speed it's going to go. So, quote, once our federal funding has been secured and final guidelines have been received from the Federal Railway Administration, the installation is expected to begin in about a year, he added, which, again, I kind of doubt that. And I will point to what's happening in California with their high-speed rail system, which still they can't get. They've built a little bit of it, but please. And the price keeps going up, and most of that money has disappeared into the ether, going into the pockets of different people politically. When they finally do, if they ever do get this thing built, it'll never really be a high-speed rail system. There's one section in California a short area where it might actually get up to speed for a little while to be considered high-speed rail. Other than that, is a grossly overpriced train that most people will not use, especially when you take a look at where it leaves from, where it arrives to, the stops in between. It's not really any place that anyone wants it to be. So it, it doesn't go anywhere where anyone really wants it. It doesn't go high speed at any point. Cost overruns through the roof. Corruption through the roof. Yeah, that's working well for California. So let's go ahead and do that on the East Coast, too. And once again, I look, I'm not against high-speed rail. If some private company thinks that they can make, a go, make some kind of a go at this and make a profit at it, then they'll go ahead and do it. If not, there's no reason to build the thing. But I think what gets me more than anything else is the president saying, well, we have the money for it. You know, now that we have the money for it, where do we have the money for it? Exactly. I'd love to know that. He seems to think we have all of this money, but again, he's also the one who thinks that he actually cut the deficit by about a trillion dollars. Yeah, my sister going through a tropical storm again in Florida. No old presidents anymore. I agree. I'm really tired of a bunch of old guys, especially ones who are suffering through the beginning stages of dementia, holding that office. I'm just tired of that. It's about time we got some new fresh blood. In fact, this is why I talk about rotating a lot of people who are currently in Congress, but in politics in general, on state levels as well. Rotate out the professional politician. They should have never been there that long. All right, cold. Hey, sister dear, cold this morning. You got a lot of wind. It's 12 degrees where I am right now. A little bit of light snow coming down. Not a whole lot there. Here's Don Day with that weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. A very good thing. I'm honest. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight. The time to wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. 
Now, so, Frank, I'm going to take the advice of Brianne from Fort Danger and read off a list for you, okay? Oh, so, uh, yeah. um, okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this one. I cannot pronounce any of these names because it's just, you know, I, it's just too many letters and I get a little dyslexic with it, okay? Uh, and it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, these let's are, just give it a go. Yeah. These are names of phobias. Phobias, okay, well. Okay, yeah. We're starting arach- with the, Arachnophobia. Yeah, that's spiders. Yeah. Okay. You would think that most of these phobias would have names that sounded like the phobia itself, but let's just run down the fears that people have, okay? Yeah. Fear of bathing. What? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm more afraid if you don't. <laughs> so, okay, but well, I, I mean, just, do you wear like a shower cap or I something? I guess, are showers okay? You don't want to bathe. And floaties? But is a shower okay if and if you don't like a bath? I'm just Okay, I, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, since I can't swim, I'll just use the floaties. Okay, fear of darkness, fear of heights, fear of flying. Now, this one I think we all have, fear of pain. Well, yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Um, fear of open spaces, really, or fear of crowds. Well, that that that's legit for some people. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. And now the fear of crowds, I get, but I don't understand the fear of open spaces. And you can't live in Wyoming or Nebraska or places like that if you have a fear of open spaces. It's, it's not a fear of open spaces. You're just lonely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fear of needles or pointed objects. Okay, that's that's mm, legit okay. too. Fear of riding in a car. No. Okay. Now this one. Okay. Okay. I, I don't understand it. I don't know what you're going to do if this is your problem. Fear of air. Aerophobia. Yeah. Oxygen. Uh, oxy, oxygenophobia. Uh, uh, anemia. Uh, anemia is what they anemia-phobia. call it. Fear of air. I guess that's how you a pronounce it. A fear of air. How do you have a fear of air? What are you supposed to do then? Because. You're going to go out into outer space or something? I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to get away from that. Pretty and much. I think you kind of need it to live. Indoors or outdoors. I'm just, yes. I, I'm just kind of going, going out on a limb here. So, okay. Um, let me see. Fear of choking, fine. Fear of anger. Now, I want to know what that one. Fear of you getting angry or other people getting angry. Or yourself getting angry. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're afraid of yourself getting angry because, like, well, I can see that if you're like the Hulk. Right, yeah, you turn into this big green thing. Yeah, your so eyes you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. People over okay. the roof yeah, we like have that. a list here, Frank. Yeah. Okay, men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys with a home game against Nickel State in Laramie. The folks open up the season with a huge win over Division II Colorado Christian back on Monday. Nickel State lost big to Arizona back on Monday to start the season. The Colonels a year ago were the Southland Conference regular season champions. That's an 8 p.m. start tonight from the AA in Laramie. We'll have that for you on Keecha Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Casper College women's basketball basketball team is rated 11th in the country this week, defending Region 9 champions. The T-Birds are 2-0 after wins over Snow College and Utah State Eastern. They'll be in the NJC Tournament in Sterling, Colorado on Friday and Saturday. High School Volleyball, the All-State lists are out of 4A champion. Kelly Walsh had three players make that list, and all three had earned spots for the, the earned the same honor a year ago. Peyton Carruth, Abby Milby, and CJ Eskew. Carruth and Milby made it official yesterday. They'll be joining the Wyoming Cowgirls program in Laramie. Also in 4A, Bowden Lillydahl and Eliciana Fonseca of Cheyenne East made All-State, as well as Natrona's Megan Hagar and Laramie's Maddie Stuckey and Taylor Tizer. In 2A, 2A champion Burns had a couple players make All-State in Brooke Hansen and Emma Norris. And in 1A, Casey Sierra Kiltz made All-State for the third time in her career. 
Over to college football, it's Border War Week for the Wyoming Cowboys. They'll go to Fort Collins to meet Colorado State on Saturday night. Folks have won five of six in the series and currently have possession of the bronze boot. Cowboys are 4-1 in Mountain West Conference play after a win over Hawaii two weeks ago and 6-3 and overall. CSU is 2-7, and but 2-3 and in league play. They had a relatively close loss to San Jose State last week and were pounded by Boise State the week before. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday night from Fort Collins. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Larry. In the NFL, Buffalo Bills quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboys star Josh Allen is listed as day-to-day with an elbow injury, suffered in their 2017 loss to the New York Jets um, in on Sunday. Whether he plays this Sunday against Minnesota remains to be seen, but the uh, 6-2 and Bills certainly need him on the field. In his last six quarters of play, he's had no touchdown passes and four interceptions and completed less than 50% of his passes. That's it in sports. So, let me see. Fear of flowers. I don't believe that exists, but it's here. Well, what kind of flowers? I, I don't I'm, know. I'm afraid of flowers that have bees in it. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid of flowers being given to me by someone who I don't want to give me flowers. Now, my sister has this one. I'll have to send her the entire word so she can try to pronounce it because I can't. It's got like a dozen letters in it. Fear of peanut butter. She hates peanut butter. I well, love it. So so she's the only one that yeah. has this I guess malady? So. I will sit there with a jar of peanut butter and a spoon oh, I, and yeah. watch a movie and just, you know, have at it. It's good on it's good on English muffins, oh, too. My, you know, I tell you what I really love is, okay, you take Jewish fry, lightly toast it, put the peanut butter on and let it soak in. It'll warm up and actually sink in. Really? It's really great. But my sister cannot stand Dan, peanut butter. She is, however, an accountant. There is something arithmophobia, fear of numbers. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> now I have that. <laughs> I do too, yeah. And the numbers don't add up for no, me. They never <laughs> do. That's why I'm afraid. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. Rolling into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Your bills are... Six of time. It's Wake Up My Own Mean. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Let's take a look for just a minute. We'll get away from Wyoming here, where it's cold. The temperature is about 12 degrees right now, where I am anyway. And those cold temperatures are going to hang on for a bit. But now, head over to Florida real quick, because, you know, I still have family in Florida. That's where I'm from. It's where I grew up. And you guys had to put up with the morning that Hurricane Ian was just tearing apart my hometown, the Sanibel and Captive Islands. And people kept asking, how's my sister doing? And well, they, they don't live on the island. My family, my sister, her husband, and the kids and all that, they haven't lived on the island in quite a while. They moved over to a place called Lake Wales, Florida, which is down below Orlando. That's where Lake Wales is, down below Orlando. And about an hour or so below that. Beautiful little town. I mean, it's a really attractive little town with a lot to offer. So I've always enjoyed visiting her there because it's such a pretty place. They are now getting battered by another... Well, it was a hurricane when it hit the coast, Category 1. But it's uh, from the other side. So they just got done with Hurricane Ian 
that hit on one side, and now here comes the storm on the other side. Okay, so my sister should be calling in in just a moment or so. She said she wanted to call the program, and uh, in fact, this could be her right here. It, uh, sister dear? Hi there. Yeah, hello there. So I was just explaining to people that you're now getting hit by a storm from the other side. I wanted to remind you of something. I just posted something on my Facebook. Let's go back to 2004. Hurricane oh. Charlie comes up the coast, and then 43 yeah. days later, Hurricane Jean hit you from the other side, and both storms crossed Lake Wales, right? Okay, but you missed one. Mm. We got hit with... Charlie Francis Jean. Yes, that's Jeff. true. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were the crossover, so we got slammed, and then and and I don't have I didn't have kids in public school, but they couldn't go back to school because then they got slammed again, and then they got slammed again. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, now, was, also forty three days apart. We have Ian and then Jean. And once again, you're right there in the crosshairs. So I, I, I'm thinking of this in two, one of two ways. Either you move to a town that is ground zero for crossing hurricanes on Florida, or if you moved, that cross would just move with you because you are the target. Exactly. Like, why did I grow up on an island, which is now crushed, but yeah. which never hit when we were growing up and then i moved to the mountain area of florida we're at like 300 whole feet and you know, maybe 200 <laughs> we keep getting yeah. slammed okay <laughs> so all right this time though it's not as bad there's a category one when it hit yeah it, for us it's just a lot of wind i'm looking at it wind i was going to open my door so you could hear the wind yeah um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to be like one of them reporters. I'm yeah. screaming at you now. Wind. <laughs> right. yeah. Standing outside there. <laughs> from the rain. And from, for people in Wyoming, that just sounds like Tuesday. I <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, because you guys have some wind. Is it, okay, okay. Now, if I compare this to Wyoming wind. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the so difference, though. Our meteorologist, Don Day, I was asking him about it because here we have a day where the winds are like 60-some miles an hour. But at the time, Florida was getting hit by a hurricane, and they said, wow, winds are 60-some miles an hour. And I, I knew yeah. what he was going to say, but I wanted to hear it. So what is the difference? Because we don't think of that as much up here in Wyoming, but in Florida. And he said it's a difference of air pressure. You're at sea level. Yeah. Yeah, there's more air yeah. to push, so it's a whole lot different where you are than if I were to get 60-mile-an-hour winds up here at, at 5,000 or 6,000 feet. And do yours come in gusts? Like, we'll be oh, yeah. sitting there, and it's still, and then, whoosh, yes. and it comes in those gusts, rips yeah. our tarp. You know, we shouldn't let that tarp out, but we didn't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was going to give you some water sound, but oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, so I could be like urologist, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, be one of those idiot reporters that stands out there in it all and says it's really horrible out here. Yeah. Then why are you out there? Because it's really horrible out there. But okay, this time though, you didn't really need all of the extra water because you just got done with Ian and it filled all your lakes. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm up in what they call the mountainous area of Florida, right. so. Um, yeah, I do look down our lake, and it's higher, but 
it's really bad for people that live like off the Peace River, which is a main river, or and Daytona is just gosh. To Google some of those pictures, the whole coastline is some of them big old condos might go in. All right. Well, that's because Daytona is on the side of the storm that you don't want to be on. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, there are people in lower lying areas that do not need this rain. It's it's not good. But. Okay, but at least the so, house that you've been yeah. in for all of these years has survived storm after storm. Oh yeah, yeah. We're in a brick house. We're yeah. As long as a tornado doesn't come right through it, which I haven't seen any, we're good. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So this. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I wouldn't out there is swinging all by itself. <laughs> Although in Wyoming, you wouldn't have that wooden swing in your backyard. No, would we you? wouldn't. No, it, it wouldn't happen. No. So, it, it actually, to give you an idea of Wyoming wind, I drove, I was in Casper and I had to drive down to Cheyenne and I had winds uh-huh. at uh, 40 mile an hour winds gusting up much higher than that at my back all the way down. And when I got to Cheyenne, I looked at my gas gauge and thought, wow, I hardly used anything. On the way back, I had to drive into the same exact conditions. And, wow, I needed to stop for gas on my way back. That's how that works. Yeah, I think we're going to survive this Okay, yeah. Has your power gone out? No, no, that's a good thing. Good, because you you just went through with that. Your power went out and you were out for a while anyway, but that's all back. Poor Ian hit us. Something happened in our neighborhood. We were out, and then we were the longest ones out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Everything's back up again. All no, right. No All right. See you soon, then. Plane tickets all, all right. purchased. All right. That was my sister in Lake Wills, Florida, where this storm, not as bad as other storms. Although, as she said, Daytona, they might lose some of their condos. Here's how this works, just in case you haven't been through a hurricane before. There's the side of the storm that pulls away. So below, let's call that, if you're looking down at a satellite, the bottom side of the storm is pulling water out of Florida. But the top side of the storm is pushing a tidal surge into Florida. It swings around, right? So when Hurricane Ian hit the other coast, when it hit my hometowns of Sanibel and Captiva, and then there's Fort Myers Beach... Well, it was pulling water out of Tampa Bay because it goes in a counterclockwise move, right? And it was pushing all of that tidal surge and wind and so on in to Sanibel, Captiva, and Fort Myers Beach. That's why they were devastated the way they were. It's not that you're getting hit by the storm. It's how you're getting hit by the storm. That's why my sister, yeah, it's a really lousy day of weather, but she'll be fine. People in Daytona Beach who decided to buy a condo right on the beach, not such a good idea. 715, wake up, Wyoming. Talk Radio's got He's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven eighteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. Yeah, it's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S from Cowboy State Daily. I didn't know about this at all until I read this story. Public safety shortage. YDOT is down seventy one snowplow drivers. Want a job? Ever want to be a snowplow driver? They're down seventy one snowplow drivers. Fifty highway patrol troopers. Hmm. 
could use some help there. Store says in the face of extreme shortage of personnel, the Wyoming Department of Transportation is having to, uh, well, pull back a little bit some highway safety, making it difficult decisions that will leave some roads unplowed after snow events and some fender benders without an attending officer. So if you're looking at a road and you're thinking, why isn't that plowed? They always plow that road. One of the reasons why might be staffing shortage. YDOT director told Cowboy State Daily there are shortages across the board for the agency. So from snowplow drivers to dispatchers to highway patrol troopers to team that provides safety on the road, he said. And there are now there's not enough of them to adequately cover 6,800 plus miles of highway across the state. As of this week, YDOT is short 71 snowplow drivers and 50 highway patrol troopers. He said the state is actively recruiting to plug those holes. So, again, if you want a job, we're hiring across the board in all three of these areas. If any of our listeners or readers are interested, he said. Rather, uh, or excuse me, uh, this gentleman said... The state does not have uh, or does have a plan to make the best use of the snowplow staff that is available. So in other words, what you do with a shortage like this, lay out a map, take a look at the highways, figure out how to best, well, use what you have in the situation you're in. That's managing resources is what they're up to. The map allows managers to determine where the assets are in terms of snowplow drivers and then move drivers to potential problem areas where the storm's happening. Now, that makes a whole lot of sense. So it used to be we just had snowplow drivers all over the place, and they wouldn't have anything to do unless snow hit their area. Now, though, okay, snow is not going to hit your area, but it's going to hit this part of the state over here. So everybody over here, they're just going to have to move assets around. So if there's a big storm in the south and not in the north, he said, we can move assets to where they're needed. We did that very successfully during Snowmageddon in May. Based on information provided by the map, while some areas of the state fully staffed, there are other hubs that critically need drivers, such as Rock Springs, Muddy Gap, Hewlett, If you happen to be in the Rock Springs or Muddy Gap or Hewlett area, or you would like to be in those areas, they could really use you. In the case of a storm that spans the entire state, I was wondering about that. Not every road will be cleared in a timely manner. Sorry. If it is a statewide storm, then the response time will just be slow because it's purely an issue of the number of snowplows available, drivers, and so on. He added the agency has an ace up its sleeve using CDL holders on staff who aren't on the payroll as snowplow drivers. So they have people who are not drivers, but they have the license. And so they can use them as drivers. There might have been uh, driving for us before they, they got different jobs. He said driving in a different way. So we're looking for volunteers as well. Along with uh, too few snowplow drivers addressing the same issue is not enough in Wyoming Highway Patrol. So it isn't easily addressed as a staff from moving staff from one part of the state to the other. It's not like, well, being a highway patrolman is not necessarily like being a snow 
plow driver. You don't know where the emergencies are going to be. You can't necessarily move people around as easily. He said ranking officers across the state are being asked to fill scheduling gaps to patrol and respond to calls. Unfortunately, sometimes troopers simply they're just not available to respond to some incidents. So, for example, if you hit a deer and you aren't injured and the car is drivable, you make a call to the highway patrol, hey, uh, this just happened. They may just say to you, okay, just file a report. It's not something we'd like to do, he says, but that's something they're going to be forced to do. When it comes to, I would like to know if I hit a deer, is there anybody out there who would like it? Hey, uh, fresh kill. Want to come, come get this? In Wyoming, he says, we still love our law enforcement. That's really an important message. And I think that is an important message. Like, if you're in that profession, if you're from another state and they don't really like police in your state, we don't have the same problem necessarily here. We're not trying to defund the police here in the state of Wyoming. Story says... While it's not an immediate fix, another big draw for new recruits might just be an imminent pay raise. So music to our ears, she said, because I do think it's important to make ourselves competitive in pay. So here's a state where, as far as police officers go, they're more well-respected here than in other states, and they're going to get a nice raise. He said, also, there's tangible benefits, good health care. Uh, flexible hours, competitive wages, that's all a part of what they're trying to do. He says, when the roads are terrible and your mom wants you to go to the grocery store, you've got to take a sick kid to the doctor or you need to get to your cattle or market or uh, get the cattle to the market for that matter. Somebody out there is working the roads, he says, and when you talk to the current snowplow drivers, that's the reason you hear that they stay over so many years. I'm going to make sure that those roads stay open, he said, because, you know, my family needs to travel those roads, too. Same with highway patrol troopers. He says snowplow drivers are like troopers. They operate close to home. So they have a lot of ownership in the roads, and it's, well, they have to keep it maintained and patrolled. So he says, for me, it's about making our state, well, better for the lives that we're trying to live here, and even for those people who are passing through. So, okay, if... You were interested, as I was reading that, in any one of those jobs, I'd say, yeah, go check it out. Even if it's a part-time gig as a snowplow driver, why not? Mandy May is in Casper. Uh, good morning. Did JC get a hold of about the garage built naturalization? No, I did not hear anything about that, but I will go back and check out my email to see if that's the case. By the way, Mandy May is sending me a note over chat, and, and my sister was ch- uh, chatting with me as well. If you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, you can go ahead and hit the chat option and send me notes when I'm on the air, and I'll go ahead and answer back. A lot of times on the air or I type or both. Also, Miss Mary has been loading the latest episode of, well, all the funny bits that we create here in-house. And that includes Social Justice Warrior, episode two of The Car Chase is what I'm playing on the air. And at some point, she's going to start adding those episodes right there on your app. So you'll be able to go to your Wake Up Wyoming app. 
Touch On Demand. Now, there's old show episodes, but also Wyoming Altered States has the funny bits we create in-house, like the latest Social Justice Warrior. We now return you to another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. In our last episode, Social Justice Warrior was laying around waiting for his mother's electric car to charge so he could chase the bad guy. Unfortunately, it took all night to charge, and so the bad guy had a chance to go to the grocery store, get some bread and milk, and come home, watch some late-night TV, and sleep until morning. But now, daylight. And our warrior is ready for the chase. At last, the non-binary mobile is charged. And I can chase down my evil nemesis, average white guy. Better hurry. Your mom needs to go to work soon. She'll need her car back. Oh, don't tell her. I said I wouldn't. So what are you waiting for? Uh, well, if I'm going to get into a car chase, I have to wait for him to leave home, don't I? You're in luck. He's getting in his... heck is that noise? Unicorn farts. Oh, this is exciting. The chase is on. Will our hero catch his evil nemesis, average white guy? Then what exactly is he going to do with them once he catches them? Join us next time for another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. Next episode that comes after this one is actually the car chase, which I do have the audio all ready to go for that. Now, what's going to be fun is when I start to produce it, is I got to have a car chase between the diesel-powered pickup truck and the electric car that's powered by unicorn farts. Imagine what that car chase is going to sound like. That'll be next week. I'll have that sucker up and ready for you. All right, we're coming up on some local news here. And then an update on your weather forecast. Nice segment of open phones. And then Dayweather joins us. Don Day is out of town, but we'll be talking Dayweather and this cold that's with us now. That'll stick with us for a while. Not a whole lot of snow, my understanding. Maybe just a touch here and there, but mostly just cold weather that sticks with us for a good long time. Coming up on 7.30, Wake Up Wyoming. the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. A couple of, uh, well, several comments I'm getting off the Wake Up, Wyoming app. People just hitting text and, or hitting chat, really, and sending me a text. Here's Rhiannon for Danger. Thank Godin for coal fire power plants right now. Yes, true, because if you go out and take a look at the wind turbines across Wyoming, they're not moving. So what's providing? And I know they have battery, you know, they charge them up. and t- But what's really providing the power for you right now? Exactly. And it just dropped to now 11 degrees where I'm at. Might be warmer or colder depending on where you are, but 11 degrees for me right now. And the heater's on in here. And it feels nice. 
because right up the road for me is a coal power plant cranking out the electricity. And if we need more, well, they'll just crank it up. That's all there's to that. So there's that. And let's see. Jimbo is in Wellington, Colorado. Several people sending me notes on what I was saying about YDOT being a little bit short on, for example, snowplow drivers. One gentleman sent me a note saying, yeah, they only pay like $17 an hour. I, well, I don't know what the wage is, but I would like to see that they're even paid pretty well for the work that they do because that could be pretty hazardous work, and that would also help attract them too, even if it's just part-time part of your work. But Jimbo in Wellington says the state's wage scale is very low compared to private companies in other states, especially for drivers and mechanics. I would like to move back home to Wyoming, but even though there is no state income tax, the wages really don't cover the cost of living expenses. I think, Jimbo, that depends on what you do for a living. Well, if I know I, I'm a little different here in what I do, but for example, I could go somewhere else and get paid a lot more, but the cost of living plus the state income taxes makes it completely not worth it for me. So I, I won't. But there's depending on your profession, there are some people who are making really good money in Wyoming, and they like the fact that the cost of living is low and there's no state income tax. So I think you have to take a look at what you do for a living to make that kind of a comparison. Rich and Cheyenne in Wyoming, you can take roadkill, but you need a certificate and you can apply and get that right off the the 511 app. In fact, Rich, there is a roadkill app. Did you know that? There's actually a Wyoming roadkill app. I wrote a story about it a while ago. So if you came across some roadkill or you killed something. Now, what the app helps you with is if you're looking at it and you're wondering, should you scrape it and take it home, they offer advice. That's what the app is. But... They've changed the law just a little while ago. It's now legal to take roadkill in Wyoming. And you don't necessarily have to get a certificate or anything like that. Although they would like you to communicate with them just to make sure you're not taking something that could be hazardous to you. So, yeah, go ahead and if you find something, uh, scrape it if you want. You could go ahead and use the roadkill app. If you want, hang on a second. I, since he brought this up, let's go ahead and blame this on Rich and Cheyenne, okay? I have the Roadkill Cafe song. I mean, since we're talking Roadkill. Don't hit them brakes. Don't turn that wheel. The life you save, it could be our next meal. Four-legged critters. Make tasty dinners When something splatters We'll make a platter At the Roadkill Cafe We'll do it up your way We'll cook it fresh Right from your grill to ours Just scrape it off the tire We'll talk it on the fire Come chew the fat at the road 
Roadkill Cafe. Uh, go ahead and blame that song on Rich and Cheyenne for the Roadkill Cafe, which, again, it is now legal to scrape Roadkill and take it home. You can do that in the state of Wyoming. A law was passed. And, yes, there is actually an app for that. But, again, mostly what the app does is offer you advice on whether you should be scraping that or not. But uh, that's the conversation for those coming late came up because I was pointing out that the Wyoming Highway Patrol really is a little shorthanded right now. So if you hit an animal and you want to report it, they will just ask you if you're okay and if your vehicle's okay, and if so, just move along. Yeah, they they don't have really the resources right now to send somebody out to every roadkill incident out there. But you can always call someone who's got a freezer. 742 Wake Up Wyoming. Talk radio's got to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Forty-five is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Mark yours on with me from day weather. Baby, it's cold outside. I mean, it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that right. We've got lots of single digits and uh, teens here this morning, Glenn, uh, around Wyoming. Even a few sub-zero uh, low temperatures out in some of our western valleys here this morning. Wow. Okay. Now, that doesn't come with a whole lot of wind, I notice. I mean, that's it's pretty calm across the state as compared to what we've had the past few days. Yeah, no high wind events. Uh, Winds will get a little strong and gusty. South central Wyoming here, uh, mid-morning through the afternoon hours, might see some gusts to 60 miles an hour around the Arlington Elk Mountain area. Uh, Chilly north to northwest wind, Glen, along and east of the Bighorns, then further out east towards Douglas and Luss, south to Wheatland and uh, Cheyenne, but more of that 10 to 25 mile per hour range. Really, it's the temperatures for today and the next several days that are going to be the biggest uh, weather feature and item as we're going to be running a good 10 to at sometimes 20 degrees below average um especially today with highs just teens and 20s okay all right so just get used to it for a little while here now does any snow come with that i got a light dusting on my car this morning not a lot yeah, you know, the best snow is definitely across the mountains. The Bighorns, Wind Rivers, Absorcas, upwards of a foot or so of snow fell around Togety Pass and up on Teton Pass. But future snowfall, um, higher and lower elevations here around Wyoming, going to be very, very minimal. A few snow showers today. Uh, overall, a dry and cold north to northwest flow. The predominant weather pattern into and through, uh, you know, this Veterans Day holiday and weekend might pick up a couple snow showers here and there, mainly higher elevations again Sunday into Monday. But more than anything, Glenn, just a chilly and uh, overall dry weather pattern now through uh, much of next week. Much of next week, too. Okay. So that's what I noticed when I took a look, and I really never do like looking at the long-term forecast. But I noticed that this just sort of locked in and stayed here. Is something stalled, or is it just one little front of cold after the next oh we're in a no we're in a pretty uh consistent long wave or overall large-scale weather pattern we got big ridge of high pressure that's gonna remain across the eastern pacific and the far west coast and that uh glenn goes all the way up into alaska and so what that does then is 
drive the jet stream down along uh, western and central Canada, and that brings in cold but dry air out of Canada here into the northern and central Rockies and Plains. And we're not going to see any big deviations in that overall weather pattern of ridge off to the west and trough here northward uh, anytime real soon. All right. Thank you, Mark. Mark's with day weather. So, all right, just kind of, I hate to say it this way, but just kind of get used to that cold because it sticks with us for a little while. Off we go to the, speaking of which, Icebox, Frank Gambino waiting by. So, okay, this was sent me this morning. We're going through phobias here. Again? Well, why not? I, I have a phobia of phobias. Uh, now, see? Okay, I gave myself a phobia of uh, lots of paperwork, like bureaucracy. <laughs> what's yeah. it, what's uh, it called? <laughs> a, yeah, bureaufobia. Bure- I should come yeah. up with a name for that here. Yeah. Let's see. Fear of thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a, that's legit here. Fear of outer space. Then don't go. But you look at it every day. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, even though we're on planet Earth, you kind of live in outer space, don't you? But I don't think you can get away from it. Nine days out of ten. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fear of disorders, but isn't that itself <laughs> a disorder? Yeah. Let's see. Fear of imperfection. Those are your perfectionists there. Yeah. Well. Uh, we, okay. Good luck with that one. Let's see. Uh, fear of bacteria. I get it. Now this one, I don't think is a real thing. Somebody made this up, but I don't think anyone really has it. Fear of gravity. Now I can see a fear of gravity if you're standing on top of a tall cliff and looking down. Right. Yeah, that's a. You could call that a fear of heights, or you could call that a fear of, of gravity. gravity? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Either way, I think it's kind of the same thing. Uh, let me see. Fear of pins and needles. I don't understand fear of books. Again, I think that's a fake one. Yeah, that's totally. Uh, fake. That's how could, I, you be, yeah. how could you be scared of a book? Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, fear of being ridiculed, I get it. Fear of mirrors, maybe if you're ugly. True. Okay, fear of snow. Now, I... No. No. no There's no, an annoyance no. with snow, but I don't know about a fear of no, snow. No, no, that, that, that's fake. Yeah, okay. Now, there's something... There's the fear of spending money, but I think that's just called a cheapskate. Yeah, or you're okay. broke. I mean, which wouldn't stop anybody anyway, so... Yeah. They have fear of clocks and fear of time, but again, you can't get away from that, so get over it. Yeah. Uh, fear of confined spaces, claustrophobia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's understandable. Okay. Fear of clowns. Some, I, I think that's a, a relatively recent thing with the Chucky movies that came out. Yeah. Well, it was 20, 25 years ago. I yeah. mean, all of a sudden, clowns were cool, and now they're creepy and right. all that kind of thing. Then there's fear of computers. Well, me. Give, okay. me, give me a name for that so I know. <laughs> give me a name, Guess please. See if I can pronounce this here. Oh, no, this makes sense. Cyberphobia. Oh, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense to me. I'll take, I'll take that. Men's college hoops tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys with a home game at Laramie taking on Nickel State. The Pokes open up the season with a huge win over Division II Colorado Christian back on Monday. Nickel State lost big at Arizona to start the season. The Colonels a year ago are the Southland Conference regular season champs. It's an 8 p.m. start tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Casper College women's basketball team is rated 11th in the country this week. The defending Region 9 champs are 2-0 with wins 
over Snow College and Utah State Eastern. They'll be in the NJC Tournament in Sterling, Colorado on Friday and Saturday. High school volleyball, the All-State list are off. 4A champion Kelly Walsh with three players making that list. All three were All-State a year ago. Peyton Carruth, Abby Milby, and C.J. Eskew. Carruth and Milby made it official yesterday. They'll be joining the Wyoming Cowgirl Program in Larry. Also in 4A, Bowden Lillydahl, Eliciana Fonseca of Cheyenne made All-State, as well as Natrona's Megan Hagar and Laramie's Maddie Stuckey plus Taylor Tizer. In 2A, you know, 2A champion Burns had a couple of players make All-State and Brooke Hansen and Emma Norris and 1A Casey's Sierra Kiltz made the All-State list for the third time in her career. Over in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will have the border war in Fort Collins on Saturday night meeting Colorado State. Folks have won five of six in the series and currently have possession of the bronze boot and they're, they're also four and one in Mountain West Conference play after a win over Hawaii two weeks ago and six and three overall. CSU is two and seven overall but two and three in league play. They had a relatively close loss to San Jose State last week and they were pounded by Boise State the week before. That's a 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday night from Fort Collins. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. In the NFL, Buffalo Bills quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboys star Josh Allen listed as day-to-day with an elbow injury suffered in their 20-17 loss to the New York Jets on Sunday. Whether he plays this Sunday against Minnesota remains to be seen, but the 6-2 and two Bills certainly need him on the field. But in his last six quarters of play, he has no touchdown passes and four interceptions and completed less than 50% of his passes. He's made up that, that with that with some pretty impressive running and rushing touchdowns, but um, we'll see if Allen plays this week or not. That's it in sports. So I take a look at the next two here that uh, one is real, one is fake, okay. and you'll be able to spot it immediately. One is the fear of trees. The other is the fear of dentists. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know trees could be scary unless they, you know, know, unless they, their, their limbs move them and then they have eyeballs and yeah, stuff and they kind of whack you inside there. Now, you know, like Dennis, well, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, they're see. very friendly folks, really. You know. Fear of teenagers. Most people should have that. Uh, yes, if okay. they don't have it, yeah. they need to have it. Okay. Fear of marriage? <laughs> yeah. Someone who has been before? That's, call, that's called a commitment phobic. Yeah, that's called a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. I'm going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Open phones at this point. So you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. 888 woods The number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. 
Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. Again, at any point, you can go ahead and change the subject. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Officials say EPA regulations are raising the cost of gasoline at the gas pump. You think? Okay, well, it's a key, it's a Cowboys say daily story, but let's take a look at this. We've talked about this before, and uh, Wyoming Public Media did a story on several other people as well. But this is something the Biden administration is not going to admit to. Here's the story. Every time drivers fill up at the pump in Wyoming, they might pay as much as 20 cents per gallon for something called the Renewable Fuel Standard. And the EPA won't allow exemptions that would reduce that cost. The Renewable Fuel Standard. Let's see what that is. Because once again, it's you have to pay for something that you wouldn't necessarily want otherwise. This is why I like a true free market where if I wanted something like a renewable fuel standard, then I will voluntarily pay for it myself. I'm not being forced to pay for it. Well, renewable fuel standard requires refineries to blend certain amount of biofuels into gasoline, diesel fuels. Thinking about this a minute. So... We have to pay for that. In other words, it doesn't make money on its own? Okay, well, let me read on. Small refineries, defined as those producing fewer than 75,000 barrels a day, can petition the EPA annually for exemptions if they can demonstrate that compliance will cause hardship on their refinery, their company. But here again, notice, in order to put these biofuels and other stuff like that into your fuel... It has to be subsidized or it wouldn't work. Why is it, and you know the answer to this, but everything that's supposed to be clean and green and good for the planet and all of that has to be subsidized or it can't possibly exist. But anything that they consider dirty, which is not necessarily dirty, by the way, doesn't have to be subsidized. It makes money on its own. The story says compliance with renewable fuel standards remains problematic for U.S. refineries, including, well, in Wyoming. Sinclair, Director of Government Affairs at the Minerals Business Aid and Economic Development Committee, had a hearing last month. Now, hang on a second. Now, you notice that Sinclair Oil Refinery, a Wyoming company, typical of refineries and oil companies out there, has to have a Director of Governmental Affairs. So, in other words, Sinclair had to hire a bureaucrat to deal with government bureaucracy. Wouldn't it be great if we could save the money and not have those positions? But that's government for you. They're so involved in people's business and it's constantly changing. They, every time a refinery or take any business, for those of you in business, you know what I mean. Every time a company finally understands what the rules are supposed to be, government comes along and changes all the rules. That's why they have people like this working for the refinery. So the renewable fuel standard especially impacts refineries in Wyoming because the state's distance from large population centers add to the cost increase of feedstocks used in the refineries, such as crude oil from the war in Ukraine to the increased cost of renewable fuel standard compliance. He said that credits for renewable fuel standard programs cost about 17 cents in 2020. 
Those are now up to $1.60. That's a 1,000% increase. He said, we believe that the EPA should reinstate the small refinery exemption program immediately and should set the ethanol mandate at what is domestically achievable. I have a better idea. No ethanol mandate. None. No mandate for any other kind of biofuels or whatever in there. All right, let, let refineries do what is best for their business and for their customers, rather than the government coming in and saying, you have to do this or else. Every time they do that, it makes it more complicated, raises the cost of things. Earlier this year, the EPA had denied 61 peti- petitions, 61, for renewable fuel standard relief from small refineries, including Wyoming refineries, that Sinclair operates in Wyoming. The petition was rejected based on the EPA's conclusion that compliance costs for small refineries are equal to those of large ones. This is where a bunch of bureaucrats can just make up whatever rule in whatever scenario they want, and they don't have to prove it. Days after testimony, the U.S. Government Accountability Office, wait, there's an oxymoron for you. The U.S. Government Accountability Office. How's that working out for you? Released a report concluding the EPA evaluated exemption requests for the past few years was using flawed assumptions. Oh, gosh, you think that all refineries pay the same price compliance? Quote, the Government Accountability Office, I still laugh every time I read that name, report affirms our long-standing belief that small refineries incur economic hardship due to renewable fuel standards and should be allowed to petition. Now, again, I got a better idea. No refinery should have to do this. Did, did you know this? If, let's say, somebody wanted to build a power plant, and we'll say coal or natural gas, good luck with that, by the way, with today's government. But let's say someone was going to do that. They have to, by law, put a certain number of wind turbines and solar panels in as well. Now, again, I don't think they should have to do that. Build whatever kind of power plant is best for business. That's what they should be doing. Not being pushed by the government to build what the government thinks, what a bunch of bureaucrats think, or a bunch of politicians who have no idea what they're talking about, Joe Biden, think that should be built. This is why we wind up with the prices that we do and the inefficiencies that we do. Well, I mean, he went on to say that Sinclair continues to urge Biden administration and the EPA to make the program uh, for both U.S. and consumers actually work. And, of course, they're not going to listen. Now, Senator Barrasso of Wyoming, ranking member of the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources, was among the signatures in a letter asking to look at the issue which prompted the report. The late Senator Mike Enzi also had signed the letter before he had died. Barrasso said the report confirms what critics of the EPA rejections have been saying all along. So quoting Barrasso here, the EPA's ethanol mandate has been crushing American small refineries for years. That's especially true in my home state of Wyoming, said Barrasso, where small refineries play a critical role in supplying families and businesses with the energy they need. Barrasso said he continued to push the EPA. The only way really to push the EPA is to get rid of a lot of the people that currently work for the EPA. That's really the only way to push them 
into doing the right thing, that the EPA does not have the authority to just sit around and write laws like they're currently doing. The story goes on to say diesel and gasoline spot prices, according to Energy Information Administration, were down from their peak this summer, but remained well above what they were this time last year or the year before. They were nearly double what they were back in 2020. Governor Mark Gordon had commissioned a work group to look into what is causing high prices and what Wyoming could do. And that, I thought, was I appreciate him wanting to do something, but that work group was a waste of time. The group's report, which was released last month, identified a number of factors, including the cost of refinery that drive up prices in Wyoming and at the pump, high cost of crude oil, distribution, as well as taxes and other causes. In other words, everything you already knew. That's why he didn't need a work group. We already knew all this. At the Wyoming Legislative Branch Minerals Committee, at the time, Representative Chuck Gray, he's now your Secretary of State, asked if they had any suggestion, creative ways the state of Wyoming could create an exemption for the EPA requirement. In other words, is there any way we in Wyoming could get around this? Quote, this program has become political, driven by Iowa and some Midwest policies. So we're seeing that there's a lot of inaction in D.C. to address this problem. Besides producers of biofuels, the story says, corn producers regularly lobby for subsidies and fuel mandates. Their efforts are often produce favorable outcomes for them. The $1.7 trillion Build Back Better plan had a number of provisions in support of biofuels, including $1 billion for infrastructure. Quote, we're seeing this kind of play in real time where we have skyrocketing costs. So all of what they're trying to do to make us well, more energy efficient, save the planet from climate change, et cetera, et cetera, are making things more inefficient, driving up costs, okay? and they keep pushing more and more of these mandates as if they're doing a good thing. But again, take away the subsidies, and how fast would all of this collapse? And with a good reason. 817, Wake Up Wyoming. Here's your Wyoming 97 Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 22 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Triple Eight 97 Woods, the phone number 888 97 WOODS. I just got done reading the story to you about how. And fuel prices are as high as they are in places like here in Wyoming, partly because renewable fuel standards, EPA forces companies and even will subsidize some of it, but mainly forces refineries to add all sorts of things into the fuel, which are not, by the way, renewable. But a lot of that also comes from the corn lobby because they get all sorts of subsidies for that as well. Again, cancel the subsidies. And what happens with that entire industry? Like so much of the other so-called renewable industries, they collapse when the subsidies run out. As opposed to businesses who don't need government subsidies, they make it just fine on their own. Coal, gas, oil, for example. All right. On that note, since we're talking energy, so here's Biden pushing all as hard as he can to shut down coal, gas, and oil. Even said it just before Election Day to a bunch of New Yorkers. Oh, yeah, shutting down oil. Oh, yeah, shutting down coal. All right. 
So we're turning to other countries and asking for the energy we could be producing right here. I don't know how this makes sense. Of course, it doesn't. So let's go talk to some of these other countries. Well, here's John Kerry, climate czar. Headline, awkward moment. John Kerry shakes hands with Venezuela ex-president Maduro at the Energy Summit in Egypt. This guy has a $15 million bounty on his head as a narco-terrorist. Yeah, and we're turning to people like him asking, could you get us some energy? We could use some. Joe Biden's climate change envoy, John Kerry, had an uncomfortable encounter with Venezuelan leader Nicolas Maduro Tuesday. The man with a $15 million Justice Department bounty on his head. I would have liked John Kerry to have bum-tackled the guy and taken him in. He could. Well, his wife is Teresa Hines, Hines Ketchup. So not, not like he needs the 15 million dollars anyway. The Venezuelan leader charged by the Department of Justice March 2020 with narco-terrorism, corruption, drug trafficking, and the U.S. has offered a $15 million reward. Kerry's Secretary of State under Barack Obama was in Egypt at the resort. And by the way, as Secretary of State under Obama, that's when, I believe, the bounty on Maduro's head was levied. So, Maduro, one of 90 world leaders at the gathering, approached 78-year-old, held out his hand amid the Russian-Ukraine war, energy crisis, stuff like that. The pair shook hands. Well, that's awkward, huh? I'm even looking at the wanted poster here. Reward up to $15 million for information leading to the arrest or conviction of Nicolas Maduro. Well, I can tell you where he is. He's in Egypt at a climate summit. That'll be $15 million, please. Okay, so there's that story. Let's put that. Because here again, it's it, people who we should not be doing business with. We've even, even when we take a look at Venezuela right now and the condition it's in, yeah, here's the Biden administration wanting oil from them. And some Middle Eastern countries we're not too friendly with, too. But no, can't accept American energy, right? All right, next headline Biden's astronomical pledge. U.S. willing to pay climate reparations if China ponies up, too. So it's been said by the cult of climate change that we owe reparations for damage done to the climate. Yeah, and Biden has said that he would actually have the U.S. pay its part of those reparations, but China's got a pony up, too. Okay, hang on. It gets no. It gets worse. Climate activists demand UK pay up to one trillion dollars in damage for climate change. Hey, I gotta ask, where do you think that money goes to? Well, let me read the one here. The demands that came as U.S. climate conference, which is underway right now in Egypt, the world is on a highway to climate hell, says the head of the UN that was there at the time. Uh, and they talk about a free speech and what they plan to do about it, although they never really do anything about it, though. And they all did arrive there in their corporate jets and so on. They're being ferried about in limousines and SUVs. But OK, at the time at there at this meeting, climate activists said the UK needs to pay up to one trillion dollars in climate damages. And here's where Biden turns and says, well, the U.S. will pay what it owes if China ponies up. 
where are we getting the trillion dollars from, by the way, Joe? Because we certainly don't have the money you've already been spending. Okay. I want, I want to know where they got the idea that we owe so much money based on what? Show me that. I'd love to pick through it. That ought to be a lot of fun. And then if we pay the money, it goes to where? Whose pockets does it line exactly? I would love to know. Oh, so you think I owe you reparations. I give you the money and you do what with it? It goes to who? It lines whose pocket? What climate activist ends up flying around in a corporate jet because we gave them that much money? Will any of it actually go towards saving the planet? And the answer to that is no. All of what has been done up to this point to try to save the planet has actually made no difference whatsoever. And I can say that because... Well, I've given you story after story after story based on their own statistics. They're not mine, theirs, the climate activists, that show that if we did everything they demanded, we really wouldn't have much of an effect on the climate anyway. So what's the point of all of this? I-80, John. Morning, Glenn. How about instead of defund the police, we defund the EPA? I'm in favor of just defund government in general. No, I don't want to walk around with a defund the police t-shirt. I want to walk around with a defund the government t-shirt coming up on 8 30 local news coming your way update on your weather forecasts open phones 97 woods that's 8897 wods it's wake up wyoming up wyoming app free download for apple and android this is k2 radio times 836 wake up wyoming triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. Here's just a thought. Now, there's a website out there, which I bring up from time to time because it's just easy to make fun of them. They're hysterical, and they barely survive as a website for people who want to do this for a living. They're always just barely making it, constantly saying, we're going to be shut down. I'm going by what they say. We're going to be shut down if you guys don't donate money. The website is called Everyday Feminism. And man, is it some radical noise. And it's the kind of people that running it who overthink every little thing. Way overthink. Rather than doing something productive with their lives, they're overthinking every little nuance and every little thing, which is a total waste of time. So here's a story that I came across this morning. I read their site because it amuses me. And I looked at this and I thought, wait a minute, before I even read the story, I have a question regarding the headline. Here's the headline. If you've never lived in poverty, stop telling poor people what they should do. <clears throat> okay. Um, just a thought here. Just Okay. Uh, you guys tell me if I'm on the wrong track or if I'm being insensitive about this because I don't think I'm being insensitive. So if you come across someone who is 
chronically poor. I assume that's what we're talking here. Someone who's chronically poor. And you are successful. In fact, we'll say you've never been poor. Not really poor. You, know, you may have had some hard times, but you've never really been poor. Seems to me like that poor person could use some good advice. Right? If anything, to get out of poverty, shouldn't someone who is successful turn to a poor person and say, okay, let me tell you how you get out of your situation and become a successful person like me. And it has everything to do with the decisions that you make in life. Now, we all come across hard times. Everybody does. There's nobody out there who doesn't have hard times. And sometimes you hit financial hard times that had nothing to do with you. And we all get that. Having said that, there's a reason that successful people are successful. And there's a reason people who are chronically poor are chronically poor. And that has mainly to do with their behavior, the choices they make. So for a successful person to turn to a poor person and say, let me show you. Let me show you how you do this. Now, there was a program I watched for a little while, and I thought it was really interesting. It was Undercover Billionaire or something like that, some title like this. And it picked a guy whose name I'd never really heard of before, but he's a guy who's a billionaire in America. Now, he didn't start off that way. He started at a very average middle-class family, lower middle-class even, but then started making really smart business choices and now owns multiple companies and he's worth billions of dollars, right? So for this television show, they gave him some GoPro cameras so he could record himself. And without any money in his pocket, they just dropped him in a town. And this is just an average American town. Nothing special about it. And they said, you have this much time to make a business that's worth millions. And so he just got to work. And at first he was literally, I mean, he had, uh, he was able to go ahead and make some money and get himself a truck. And then he slept in the truck. That's where he started. And he worked from there. He started working his way up. And within, I think it was about a year or so, he just fell a little shy of the goal of opening up a restaurant that was worth, you know, uh, over a million dollars or something like that. But a very successful restaurant. And in order to do this, he went around town getting people who were average middle class Americans who never really, they, they'd kind of hit their peak. They were never going to achieve anything more than they were already going to achieve until they met him. And with his guidance, he got them motivated and it didn't take long at all before they had this restaurant started with craft beer and barbecue being served, award-winning barbecue. They made sure of that. I mean, they swag like T-shirts and hats to give away. And next thing you know, the business is worth a lot of money. And all these people that were working for him did great. And he ended up not only writing them checks, but giving them the business. Showing you that a guy who's got good business sense can achieve a lot, starting from nothing, can achieve a whole lot. So let's go back to what I found here. So the website says, if you never lived in poverty, stop telling poor people what they should do. My answer to everyday feminism is no, I would say that that's not the case. 
if you come across someone who is chronically in poverty and you have been successful, if anything, they need to talk to you. That would be just the op- they're worried about. Well, you're just uh, you're privileged and you're you're offending these people. And no, 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 they need to hear from you. They could use some guidance because with the proper guidance and motivation, where could they be in just a few years? Yeah. So once again, everyday feminism gets it completely wrong. Now, yesterday, as we were talking about election results, I started to ask about what Americans were voting for and why they voted the way that they did. And in part of it, it has to do with what I'm talking about here. And the idea, there are those people who say American exceptionalism is an offensive phrase, but it's not. Why did so many people go out and vote for bigger government? They don't realize they're voting for higher taxes, but they are. Oh, we're just going to tax the rich. You know, it's not going to work out that way. They're voting away their freedoms. They're voting for bigger government. They're voting for less of their own money in their pockets. And the answer really is going back to what they learn, not just at home, but in civics class as well at school. And who are motivators around them? When these people were really young, who were their motivators? Who were the people that was teaching them how to become successful in a free country? Do they have a concept really of what a free country is? And why America is or was at least, right now I say we're free-ish. We used to be a free country. We're free-ish. What made America great? And the answer to that is, no, they don't have a concept of it. They don't have a concept of what hard work is. They don't have a concept of what money is. They were never properly taught the Constitution, what freedom, what liberty, what a republic is, or the fact that America is a republic. They were not taught much in the way of business sense, what a job is, how to start a business, how to be successful, how to be self-sufficient. One of the things I remember my mom saying, I heard her say this several times to other people, I just want to make sure that my kids are not a burden to society. I thought that and when I first heard that, I, I'm a little kid at the time. I had to sort of process it. But I started to process it as I got older. She just doesn't want us to be a burden to society. Okay. That's the least that she was hoping for us. She wanted so much more. And the pathway to learning all of that is good mentorship at a very early age. And that's one of the things I think is missing, not just at home in America, but in our schools. Why a website like Everyday Feminism would say, if you meet someone who's poor, don't go over there and start telling them what they need to do differently, which is exactly what they need to hear. 845 Wake Up Wyoming. Talk radio's got use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Well, Frank, I have a way to lift you up on one of those days where things aren't going so well. Well, it's just about every day. Oh, okay. Well, this is this, I think. I've often said that people should just have puppies around. If you're having a bad day, if I hand you a puppy, you can't go wrong. Well, yeah. And kitties, too. Kitties are great. Yeah, okay. Now, what about this? There's actually a phone number you can call 
where a kindergartner will give you a pep talk. <laughs> Which kindergartner's on the phone with a headset sitting in front of a, a computer? Well, now you, you got, now here's the thing. It's not live because I don't know if that would go well. No. Okay. So it says if you need words of encouragement, press one. Okay. Two, if you need a pep talk. Three, if you need to hear kids laughing with delight. Four, for encouragement. Oh, and in Spanish, press five. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. anything helps nowadays, I guess. I guess so. You know? so pressing three. Uh, be grateful for yourself, says one student. If you're feeling uh, up, uh, high, and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. Well, they're balanced, okay, but, they're, but they're low. Oh, okay, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know what the kid was going for there, but I like the idea of think of groundhogs. Because when you think of groundhogs, you're going to smile. No, I think when I think, think of so? groundhogs, people want to blast them. Oh, yeah, okay, because yeah, here comes that winter weather forecast again. Yeah. Got it, okay. Uh, how about this one? Bro, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. This all comes from a teacher as the idea of, hey, I got a great idea for these kids. And then uh, talk to the kids about, hey, what can we say that would really make people feel good? Recorded all of this. Put it on some answering service. You can go ahead and call the answering service, and the kindergartner will just make your day better. It's not 99 cents a minute, is it? Oh, Lord, I don't know. Is it a free service? It ought to be a free service, too, here. Because I would say that, you know, as much as I really like these kids and I appreciate what they're trying to do, they're not exactly qualified to psychoanalyze any of us. They don't know yet. You don't know know that. In fact, when I... They may be more qualified than adults. You know, I would definitely give you that, yes. In men's college basketball tonight, the Wyoming Cowboys with a home game against Nichols State in Laramie. The Pokes open up the season with a huge win, uh, beating Division II Colorado Christian back on Monday. Nichols State lost on Monday at Arizona big time. But the Colonels a year ago were the Southland Conference regular season champs. 8 p.m. start tonight from the Arena Auditorium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. The Casper College women's basketball team is rated 11th in the country. The defending Region 9 champs are 2-0 with wins over Snow College from Utah and Utah State Eastern. They'll be in the NJC tournament in Sterling, Colorado, Friday and Saturday. In high school volleyball, the All-State list are off. 4A champion Kelly Walsh with three players making the list. All three were All-State uh, honorees a year ago. Peyton Carruth, Abby Milby, and C.J. Eskew. Carruth and Milby made it official yesterday. They'll be joining the University of Wyoming Cowgirl volleyball program in Laramie. Also in 4A... Bowden Lilydahl, Eliciana Fonseca, and of Cheyenne made the made all state as well as Natrona's Megan Hagar, Laramie's Maddie Stuckey, and Taylor Tizer. In two A, Burns uh, Burns, who won the two A state championship, and a couple of players make all state. And Brooke Hansen and Emma Norris and one A Casey Sierra Kilts made all state for the third time in her career. College football, it's the Border Wars. The Wyoming Cowboys will go to Fort Collins on Saturday night to meet the CSU. Cowboys have won five of six in the series. Currently have position of the Browns boot. They are four and one and. Mountain West play after a win over Hawaii two weeks ago in six and three overall. And UW are eight and a half point favorites in the game. CSU is two and seven, but two and three in league play. They have a, they had a relatively close loss to San Jose State last week and then were pounded by Boise State the week before. 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday night from Fort Collins. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Larry. In the NFL, Buffalo Bills quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboy star Josh Allen listed as day to day with an elbow injury suffered in their 20 to 17 loss to the New York Jets on 
Sunday. Whether he plays this Sunday against Minnesota obviously remains to be seen, but at 6-2, and two, the Bills certainly need him on the field. But in his last six quarters of play, he has no touchdown passes and four interceptions and has completed less than 50% of his passes. However, he's made some uh, headway on the ground with a couple of rushing touchdowns last week against the Jets. That's it in sports. Okay, so just kind of curious here. I looked something else up. I thought I heard about this some years ago. So you ever just need to scream in frustration? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. See. There's a number. Go golfing. You, yeah, there's a number you can call to do that. Why? Why call? Just, I, just, I just know. go outside. Just, uh, but anyway, you, you go ahead and call the Just Scream site, where you'll be directed to the phone number. Wait for the beep. Start screaming, cussing, hang up. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you called them and they screamed at you. No, now I would suppose that you know if you. Would you like some, like, uh, really obnoxious New Yorker to scream at you? I bet you can go ahead and do that, too. I bet there's probably a number for everything out there. Doesn't hey, what you doing? Yeah. Hey. But why can't you just step out back and just scream bloody murder like everybody else in the world? Well, you know? and then somebody will call the cops. Oh, that's probably Okay. All right, thank you, Frank, coming up on some local business we have to talk about. We're going to roll into new... Oh, I see. Red and Casper says the kids are taking donations for that. All right, that makes sense. You want some encouraging words from the kids? Great story. Local business news time, weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. I chose 9.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Thursday, and I swear... I can see the weekend from here. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I came across a story this morning, an op-ed, if you will, that's from American Thinker online, which is it's a good website for opinions if that's what you're looking for, opinion pieces. And it kind of come from all over the place. But okay, this one tackles the idea of exactly what were all those Democrats voting for across America on Tuesday. And I did take a look at this yesterday, and I touched on a little bit this morning as well, as the idea that Americans grew up without the idea of knowing what America is supposed to be, what they're supposed to be, what their potential is, what the potential of America is, civics, what money is, what an economy is. I remember Ocasio-Cortez, googly eyes. She leaned. She was doing one of her little uh, podcast things, whatever. She leaned into her camera on her phone and said, and she whispered, most people don't know what capitalism is. And I'm thinking, hey, googly eyes, you don't know what capitalism is. I've heard you talk about it. You have no clue. And this is one of the reasons why people vote the way that they do, I believe, is just because of a misunderstanding having never been taught from an early age, what all of these things were. In fact, it's kind of like the those who believe in the cult of climate change. They have been taught this by their parents, by their teachers. They see it on the news, on television shows they watch. Politicians say it. Everywhere they go, the same thing is being said over and over again. It's not true, but this is all they keep hearing. 
and anybody who disagrees is ridiculed. So this is what they know. So I don't always think of these folks as stupid, although some of them are. But I think a bulk of them is that they only know what they've been raised to know. And a lot of it is ignorance because they've just never been told, which is different from stupidity. Let's take a look at some of what's in this article because I thought this was interesting. So what all those Democrats midterm election were voting for in New York, Michigan, Illinois, Pennsylvania. They voted to release violent criminals without bail to allow them to continue to commit violent crimes against innocent people, to shoplift with impunity, to use drug on city streets with their mayor's and governor's blessing. These career criminals will continue to harass, kill citizens, subways, New York, things like that. And I have watched New Yorkers screaming, I don't feel safe in my own city. Remember, for those old enough to remember back in the 70s, there were some movies that came out about New York gangs. It was that bad. It was that violent. Well, they've gone back to that. But then there's other cities in America, again, where crime has gotten worse. Well, you wanted to defund the police and let them out. of Someone gets arrested for something. Within the hour, they're back on the street again. No consequences, if they're arrested at all. Well, that's what you voted for. So I think one of the best things to do there is allow them to live it for a while and then watch them change their minds. Sometimes the best way to convince people is just to allow them to go through it. Next, they voted to wholly, unnecessarily, and dangerously accept vaccine mandates for their young children. For more mask mandates and lockdowns in the future, if their governors such as Kathy Holcomb and Gretchen Whitmer and some others like that, well, they, they, in states like that, they voted for continued medical tyranny. Again, some of people actually agree with that until they start suffering the bad consequences of it. He writes, they voted for energy shortages, gasoline, coal, all of which Joe Biden promised to restrict or end. Now, this is something we need to remind them of. As energy continues to get more expensive, as we have days like today, it's finally up to 14 degrees where I'm at. Started off a lot colder than that this morning. And thank God we had coal power plants and natural gas power plants providing the energy for us. But they continue to put the squeeze on this. Then they wind up doing what Germany did. At some point, Germany just decided, you know, we just need to turn on these coal and nuclear power plants that we shut down. Because people are they're freezing to death in the summertime. It's too hot. They're dying out there. People are suffering. And as human beings, we figured out how to end that suffering by inventing the energy we use today. So in some cases, we just got to let them figure it out the hard way. President Biden said, no more coal, no more drilling, no more pipelines. I've played you the audio of the president saying this. Their plan is to send all back, all of us back to the Stone Age, and that includes them. I don't think they realize. No way solar or wind, he writes, can provide the tiny percentage that it does provide the energy we need. Okay, so again, let them just continue to have high energy. Go through what Europe went through. Go through what California's going through. They lived that way for a while. Eventually, eventually, they get over it. 
because they don't want life to be that hard. Remember, a lot of these people are snowflakes. I hate to say it, but they are. A lot of these people have never really been through tough times. They grew up in America where our parents and grandparents worked hard to make sure that we never had to go through tough times. So they've never really experienced hard times before. They read about the Great Depression, but they never experienced a Great Depression. Well, keep it up. They voted for continued invasion across our southern border. Unvetted migrants streaming into the U.S. by the thousand each day. Given phones, money, hotel rooms. I have a story here. Driver's licenses in some states. Babysitting, laundry service, Wi-Fi, all on the taxpayer dime. If only our homeless vets were treated as well, he writes. More than 5 million migrants have entered the country since Biden took office. He says it's all part of the less plan to alter the demographics, basically to get people to vote for them. And part of the all of this is they bring in sex trafficking, and that includes children, fentanyl. Yeah, this is uh, spreading throughout the country and killing about 800 people a week. So let them keep doing this and let them suffer the consequences in their own towns. That's why I love the idea that some Republican governors send some of these people to Democrat cities. You try dealing with this. Yeah. See how you like it. They declared states of emergencies and cursed those Republican governors. Well, this is what you're asking us to deal with, so deal with it. And if they continue to have to deal with it, how long before they want to build a wall themselves? They voted to usher the nefarious Great Reset, the global plan for a one-world government, he writes. Then, and big plans for us, basically, you know, to control life. Those people who love the idea of not individual freedom and liberty, but the opposite of that is what they vote for. Uh, voted for the sexual grooming of children in schools. Voted for the imposition of electric vehicles when we are in fear of being able to provide power for them. That's something that really does get me. They want all of these electric vehicles, but they don't want to provide a way to charge the electric vehicles. And they think, well, yeah, we'll just have wind and solar. Yeah, As I said, you haven't provided a way to charge all of these vehicles. So exactly what are you going to do here? You want all of these electric vehicles, but you haven't provided a way to charge them, and your wind and solar isn't going to do it. But they need to find it out the hard way. They should have figured that out because California, to name one state, because they were having blackouts and brownouts, asked people with electric vehicles, could you not charge your electric vehicles for a while? We don't have the energy to do this. They voted to continue inflation, higher and higher grocery prices. All for the cult of climate change. They voted not just for socialism, but authoritarianism, totalitarianism, communism. They voted for the Russian collusion hoax, Hunter Biden laptop. In other words, they voted for more misinformation. Those people who claim they want to fight misinformation, they voted for more of it from social media, from so-called news outlets, from actor James Woods. If your party can't beat the actual dead, the talking dead, the walking dead, it's over. Pennsylvania Democrat elected a, uh, well, and then we talk about Fetterman 
you know, being elected. He goes on like this. You get the idea, right? This is in part what they voted for. My answer is the same as it's been for a lot of years. I hate to do this, but sometimes you can talk to your blue in the face and you're not really convincing anybody. So you just have to let them live it. And then when they come back complaining that it's not working, remind them that this is everything that they demanded. They got it. Here's the result. 917, Wake Up Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Three is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Well, I just paused everything I was going to talk about because this story just popped up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. So apparently in Mills, Wyoming, there's a plaza for those out in the Mills area. You know the plaza that has the family dollar there? Okay. So the story says it's been a rough week for the Mills Plaza. Yesterday, someone drove into the front entrance of Fort Ministry a local church in the Mills Plaza next to the family dollar. Uh, The officer of the police department said nobody hurt, but whoopsie, while trying to park, someone accidentally hit the gas. And Okay. I did some time ago put up a story, and I'm going to find that story because it's been a few years, and I'm going to recycle it and put it back up again. I have a request. Every once in a while... There's a story in Wyoming about someone who's driven a car right through a building, doing all sorts of damage to that building. Cheyenne, you're used to this. Gillette, you know what I'm talking about. Every once in a while, there's somewhere in the news, there's a picture of a building and a car sticking out of the building. Somewhere in Wyoming. Here's the problem I have with this. You see, they never hit the buildings that we want to be hit. Chugwater, Wyoming, some years ago. Chugwater is far enough away from other towns that it only has one gas station and it needs it. By the time you drive from Chugwater, let's say, up to Wheatland or down to Cheyenne and fill up your gas tank and come back, you need to fill up your gas tank again. Unless you're going to go ahead and bring cans of gasoline Chugwater only had one gas station. They're sort of way out there in the middle of nowhere. They need that gas station. Now, Chugwater has quite a few buildings that are just old buildings that people would like to take down. They're falling apart anyway. If you're going to hit a building, hit one of those. No. You got to go for the one gas station that Chugwater has and really needs. There was a story for those who know the town of Rosette, Wyoming. Tiny little town. Tiny, tiny. Just outside to the east of Gillette. And there's several little buildings that people would love to take down. No, this guy's got to go through, like, the, I think it was a post office guy. For those people in Rosette, one of those important buildings a guy goes through. No, you can't take aim for some junk that somebody wants taken down. You got to go for the building we need. You folks in Cheyenne are used to this. Stories hit every... I don't know what is it with with Cheyenne people, but every so often, there's a story in Cheyenne. Whoops, somebody ran through this building. And again, now, 
We had a mayor a little while ago that had the fight the blight thing where she was trying to take down homes and buildings that were just falling apart and were a danger to the community. And so she just wanted to bulldoze these buildings. And my thought was, well, fine. These people who like to drive their cars into buildings, they could help out. But no, you got to go for the buildings that we're actually using, that we're actually needing. In fact, some years ago in Gillette, this story is just disappointing for these people. A couple of guys late at night in Gillette, Wyoming, and they were huffing paint. Now, how bad does your life have to be that you're huffing paint, spray paint, right? Okay, so being out of their minds and probably who knows what color paint all over their face because of this and up their nose. The driver of the vehicle, they're doing this while driving. There's a Walgreens in town, right through the Walgreens. Now, again, uh, Gillette, Wyoming, has been lo- Gillette's been looking better over the years. They've made a lot of improvements. But at that particular time, there were some buildings that people of Gillette would have loved to have taken down. But no, you don't aim for one of those. Oh, no, you aim for the Walgreens, which so many people use every single day. You see what I'm getting at here? If you're someone whose uh, driving abilities are suspect for whatever reason, and we all know sooner or later you're going to plow through a building, could you do a community service for the towns and people of Wyoming? If you're going to go ahead and crash your vehicle into a building, don't pick the church in Mills. People need that church. They're using that. But I guarantee you, if we were to talk to some people in Mills, they could probably name for us a list of buildings that they would love to demolish. Yeah, you couldn't have aimed for that. Oh, no. You got to go for the church for that, right? Okay. Now, in this case, normally I would say, well, okay, that guy's. I went to a church. He's obviously going to hell. No, it was just, according to the police, uh, someone who just hit the wrong pedal, lurched forward, went through the church. And so we're not talking about peeling out across the entire parking lot. It sounds to me like the car would have been pulling up to park right in front of the church. And then instead of hitting the brake, accidentally hit the gas and jumped up onto the little curb and sidewalk and went right through the building. So the whole thing probably took place in just a, a few short feet, but still. There have been some other wrecks where the, the the car is like right into the building. I mean, I, you see like the, the taillight sticking out. Most of the vehicle is in the living room of somebody's apartment or something like that. I'm just asking, this is a public service, if you would, please. If you're going to wreck your car in a building here in Wyoming, could you at least aim for something that we all wanted to have taken down anyway and not for the buildings we're using? Your aim for you lousy drivers out there is remarkable. You never hit an empty, abandoned building that needed to be bulldozed. I never see those stories. You always hit the buildings that are important for us. Have I made my point? Hope so. Just trying to do a community service here, folks. All right? 9.30, news time, weather forecast, wake up Wyoming. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio.
936 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Norman's listening in 10 sleep. He said they had a church that was hitting Lovell. <laughs> See, once and I sent him a note back saying, yeah, and I bet you there were buildings right close by that everybody in town wants leveled, but that's not what they aim for. No. Go after the buildings we're using, the ones we're needing. If you're going to plow through a building, just just ram your car into it and take the building out. Please pick one that we're not currently using. People in Wyoming always aim for the most important buildings rather than these ones that everybody wants taken down. Just a little plea out there. If you intend to or not intentionally, if you find yourself in your vehicle out of control and you know you're going to wreck your vehicle, I'm just trying to give you something to aim for. Okay. Okay. Here's a story I'm just going to touch on because there's not a lot you need to know. Just this part, right? Headline, University of Chicago postpones course on the problem of whiteness. Yeah, I I read that and I thought, hang on a second here. If I had a course on the problem of blackness or a course on the problems of Hispanics or Asian or whatever, what would happen to me? Yeah, that's racist, right? Okay, here's the story. University of Chicago is still offering a course called The Problem of Whiteness, which attached a negative attention online, but it will do so in a term, uh, well, originally planned, not not exactly as the original one. They're going to cha- make a few changes, but anyway, they so they say. And they're going to offer it in the spring instead of this winter. It's unclear just what prompted the course delay, The instructor, Rebecca Journey, a teaching fellow of anthropology, did not respond to anybody's requests for comments on this. And by the way, she's a white woman who wants to do this course. In a public statement affirming his commitments to academic freedom, the university said she's asked to push back the class. But hang on, academic freedom. Okay. But what if somebody did a course on the problem of and then pick another race or pick a gender or sexuality or whatever you want to do. Would they allow that course? Well, academic freedom, right? So you see the hypocrisy and the problem right away here. All right. So the story says since the day after a Twitter thread was declared the course, which included a screenshot into the bio of the course uh, and, and the teacher, the teacher has received at least, well, the, there's harassing emails, and there was a lot of negative publicity, as you can possibly imagine, for something like that. But, okay, there's a picture of her. She is this uh, a rather attractive, sort of a curly, redheaded lady. And uh, the, the look, though, that she's giving when she's posing for this picture, maybe I'm over-reading this, but I just look at it and I think toxic personality here. I mean, immediately. Daniel Schmidt writes... Will white students at my college complain about this course? Of course not. They're used to this by now. They know better than to step out of line. Well, and so they just tolerate what is secondhand or second-class treatment, he says. So my thought is uh, it, to me, sounds like a racist class. Like if, if you were to take any other race 
and just switch out white for any other race, it would be a racist class. So it is when it's you're doing the problem with whiteness. Same thing here. Okay. By the way, is this what you send your kids to school for? I don't think so, which is why I say when you go to send your kids to a college, community college, university, whatever the case is, Look for stuff like this. And if they offer it, then you know not to send your kid there. Because your kid is like like going to, let's say you send your kid to a school to get a skill. You know, they're, they're going to be a welder. They're going to be a mechanic. You know, one of those technical schools. You don't find courses like this. They get right to the subject and they stick to the subject. One of the reasons why those schools don't cost a whole lot of money and why those kids don't come out of those schools so psychologically damaged so if you are sending your kid to a college and you see courses like this, you know, okay, big problem. School is a waste of money. And they also have a serious problem with, well, things like their racist attitudes. So I wouldn't send my kid to that university there in Chicago at all. Well, they're postponing the course. They're not putting an end to it. They're just going to postpone the course. But I would like to see if they make any changes to the curriculum. They should not have it at all. Now, again, they claim academic freedom, but I don't believe that. You would not have academic freedom if a course was offering under a slightly different name, using, again, race or gender identity or something like that. They wouldn't allow it. So don't preach to me about academic freedom. I'm not believing you at this point. 9.42 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Forty-seven at a time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Campino's waiting by there. Frank, I was making a plea to the general public out there across Wyoming, and yes. I was wondering if I can get you to sort of back me up. Okay, on here this. we go. Mills, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. There's a church. You, might, you know the Mills Plaza that has the dollar store there, and mm-hmm. there's a church right next to the plaza. Yeah. Uh, some. Per- I, I'm glad to say the person's okay, but someone had pulled up to the curb to park, hit the wrong pedal. Did they go through the front door? Right through through the front door of the church. I know you're eager to get in there and get a pew, but, you know. Really? You don't have to bust the doors down to hear the message, you know? You would have gotten a seat. That's okay. Here's here's my complaint here, Frank. In watching since I've been in Wyoming, starting off, I lived in Gillette. And there were people who ran through various buildings, like, for example, the Walgreens, right through the wall of the Walgreens, right? In Gillette. Yeah. Cheyenne, <laughs> uh, Cheyenne had a problem and still has a problem with every so often an apartment building or some other building. There's, you see the back end of the car sticking out. Yeah, but, really, yeah I've seen those before. It's again, Cheyenne. Yeah. yeah, okay. So and now Mills. Hey, let's not forget one of our favorite stories, Chugwater, Wyoming, only has one gas station, and they need it. Well, yeah, because the previous gas station, the guy happened to... Drive his car. Yes, right through in, it. Into the, into the yes. gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah ha- and blows it up, too. Yeah, well, yeah. only because, you know, he had shoe polish uh-huh. all over his face. Yes, exactly. This is the problem. So here's my plea that I was making about uh, 20 or so minutes ago in this program. Since we're, oh, uh, Rosette, Wyoming, same problem. Tiny little town. You're mm-hmm. familiar with it? Yeah, someone goes through the post office. So, okay. Does he want his mail that bad? I don't know. If you're or, going, do he wants to, or did he want to catch, make sure that he got that thing in there before the... Probably saw someone putting bills into his mailbox, decided to end the guy. I don't know. But okay. 
if you're going to plow through a building in Wyoming, we have plenty of buildings that everybody's trying to get rid of. Plowing the debt. Yeah. I mean, I, I can name, like, let's go back to, uh, for example, uh, let's go back to Chugwater. Pretty town. I really do like the place. I really have a, you know, warm spot for Chugwater. Love the people there. However, there are some buildings that people in Chugwater would love to have taken out. Why did you go through the one building that they desperately need? Right. It'll save on demolition costs. It would certainly do that. So I think. You are someone in Wyoming who finds that, for whatever reason, shoe polish on your face, whatever, your vehicle is out of control. Could you just try, at least, to aim for a building that we're trying to get rid of? Or we can have a contest and charge yeah. admission. See, mm. that yeah. building is going to go, and we're going to allow you just to kind of run your car uh, right sure. through it. Yeah, yeah. If you hit the building that we wanted to demolish, police will not give you a ticket. No. no. I think that's a reasonable deal. You're, you're helping us, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. But I've noticed it's uncanny, Frank. I have yet to see a picture of a Wyoming vehicle sticking out of a building that was some building that everybody wanted torn down. They always hit some important building that we're using. We need better focus. Uh, yeah. I think the problem is lack of focus. Oh, they okay. probably <laughs> saw two buildings they thought they were going to go in between. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't quite make it there. Men's college hoops tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys at home this evening in Laramie to take on Nickel State. The folks opened up the season with a huge win over Division Two Colorado Christian back on Monday. Nickel State lost at Arizona to start the season back on Monday. But the Colonels a year ago were the Southland Conference regular season champions. APM starts tonight from the AA. We'll have that for you on KT Radio and KCGY. And Larry. Casper College women's basketball team rated 11th in the country this week. The defending Region 9 champs are 2 0 with wins over Snow College and Utah State Eastern. They'll be in the NJC tournament in Sterling, Colorado, Friday and Saturday. High school volleyball, the All State lists are off. 4A champion Kelly Walsh had three players make All State, the same three who made All State a year ago. Peyton Carruth, um, Abby Milby, and CJ Eskew. Carruth and Milby made it uh, official yesterday as they will be joining the Wyoming Cowgirl program in Larry. Also in 4A, Bowden Lilydahl and Elisana. Fonseca from Cheyenne East made All-State, as well as the Toronto's Megan Hagar and Laramie's Maddie Stuckey and Taylor Tizer. In 2A, the state champion Burns had a couple of players make All-State, and Brooke Hansen and Emma Norris. In 1A, Casey's Sierra Kiltz made All-State for the third time in her career. College football, over the, it'll be the border war on Saturday as the Wyoming Cowboys go to Fort Collins to meet Colorado State on Saturday night. The Cowboys have won 5 of 6 in the series and currently have possession of the Browns' group. Pokes are 4-1 and one in Mountain West play after a win over Hawaii two weeks ago. Going six and three overall. CSU is two and seven, but two and three in league play. They had a relatively close loss to San Jose State last week and were pounded by Boise State the week before. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday night from Fort Collins. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. The NFL Buffalo Bills quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboy star Josh Allen listed his day to day with an elbow injury suffered in their 20 to 17 loss to the New York Jets on Sunday. Whether he plays this Sunday obviously is in question against Minnesota, but the Bills could use, certainly use him in their six and two. He's, he's their best offensive player, but in the last six quarters of play, he has no touchdown passes and four interceptions and completing less than 50% of his passes, but he has attacked the, the, the defense with his running game, so we'll see if Allen plays this week or not. That's it in sports. Okay, so now I'm trying to make a list here of the other buildings that we could possibly take down. Could we make a wish list? Well, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of, you know, drive yeah. around and say, <laughs> yeah. you know what, that one this can one, go. That one. Well, 
okay. But it, that one can stay. And- it, okay, at least then maybe that's too complicated. Maybe I'm overthinking this, Frank. At least I would think that if I can go ahead and get the Wyoming Highway Patrol or local police, I think this is reasonable. Just to go ahead and make a deal with people, if you're going to wreck your car into a building, if it was one that we were going to tear down anyway, we will not cite you for that. Hmm. However, if you hit a building that we want... Or need... Yeah, well, double. Yeah. See, I, is that reasonable? I think yeah. being reasonable. Yeah, I, I think that works out perfectly. All right. Actually. Thank you, Frank. We'll do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, by the way, folks. And we're coming up on some local business. We have to take care of news time right after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.